1: Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am That Nerd Dad, Joe Williamson, and this is That Nerd Dad podcast. Uh, We have a guest today. Our most popular guest is back. Scott Trades is back, at Scott Trades on Twitter. He is back. We're going to talk the market. We're going to talk threads versus Twitter, and uh, what it's like having your identity kind of mirrored and stolen on Twitter, because he had that happen. So, Scotty's back, baby. he's back <laughs> he agreed to come back <laughs> scott mcgregor scott trades is back thank you sir hey buddy how you doing very well sir i uh i'm gonna pump your tires a little bit before we get too far into this okay um you probably don't realize this but you are my most popular episode to date i'm like 150 <laughs> episodes in what and your appearance is um my most watched and longest time viewed so like the wow average view time. And the total number of views are by far my most so if i could have you on like daily i might have a (laughs) show here but (laughs) i love it wow i'm honored thanks joe uh you know i i had a blast last
0: time uh, chatting with you is a lot of fun. I rambled probably way too much and, uh, you know, I'll probably do the same thing here again today. So just, it's an honor to be on with you and I really appreciate it. You know, you and I were just talking offline. I've been so busy that, you know, the market's been so busy. Um, and, and the, one of the guys I work with Dan Fitzpatrick, he's been putting out a lot of podcasts and I've been helping him kind of get those going. And so I've been so busy. I haven't had time to do my own pod. So coming on with you. Hopefully, uh, you know, gives people an update on, on what's going on in the market and, and kind of my thoughts on technology in the
1: future. Might get you a little, a little momentum, too. You might be like, oh, yeah, I enjoy that. And I'm going <laughs> to do that. So, um, and, and look, I, obviously, <laughs> twofold. One, I'm being greedy. You, you, you can't have your most popular guest just sitting there and going, well, how do I get him back on the show? Uh, but then Twitter and Threads decided to have a war last week. And I yeah. thought this is a hell of a good thing to talk about because we're talking about two of the most influential people in the world with social media um sites who are at war with each other. They're kind of trolling each other. What has <laughs> done like okay, let's start with are you on threads? Have you gone on to threads?
0: So I did sign up. Okay. I haven't I haven't tweeted. Do they call it tweeting on threads? What do they I even call know. it? Posting, I guess you're threading. threading? <laughs> no idea. I have gone on there. I checked it out. Um, you know, it adds everyone who you're friends with on Instagram, anyways. Watch, there's like uh, a, well, you know, that's handy. And yeah. then you get people following you as well. And so, yeah, you know, I I opened the app. I have the app. Um, I'm, you know, I think I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm not super impressed with it to be honest, right now. Yep. Uh, but you know, I
1: think it does have some potential. Okay. Um, is it a Twitter killer? Let's just put it out there. Because I mean that's the question people want to know. That's what people are speculating. is, yeah. this, is this the one that delivered? It wasn't Mastodon. It hasn't been Blue Sky because Blue Sky is just kind of like a theory. Like no one ever fucking. I don't know. I it. <laughs> no one
0: knows how to use it. And Truth Social is not very truthful. No. Um. So yeah, you know, I think it has some potential because people are using Instagram anyway. So there's a billion people on Instagram, and stuff like that. Instagram is very photo based. Uh, You know, if you think about the other social networks, like what's Facebook? Okay, Facebook is text, video, and pictures. Instagram is just pictures. Threads is mainly text. And so we're kind of taking a step back in terms of what the app is really offering. Uh, My thought about it is it could be kind of more of a family-friendly or playful social network. uh, Because from what I understand, they're going to be blocking certain topics like politics, et cetera, that they will not allow on threads. And so maybe kind of more of a playful place to go where you just have some time to, to waste and you can be on there and see what people are saying. Um, Facebook, as you know, can be very divisive because people have their opinions and, and you know, share some b- bizarre people. stuff sometimes. Uh, Twitter can be very divisive because it has everything. I mean, there's legit porn on Twitter. Uh, you know, Elon tweeted out the other day that he has what he calls like a hot dog detector where it will look for private parts in photos and, and block it so it says it's a sensitive material or not. And so, you know, there, there's pretty much everything on Twitter for the most part. And so I think Threads has an opportunity to kind of be that family friendly place Um, but you know the the initial interface
1: the opposite of truth social kind of like (laughs) you'll have the extreme you'll have the truth social you'll have threads and then twitter somewhere in the middle yeah i think so i think so Uh, you know
0: the interface isn't great i mean it it is a twitter clone right and it looks like a twitter clone Uh, i think the buttons the like buttons are on the wrong side you know it's on the left side i scroll with my right so you know I, i gotta reach over to press anything but from what i've seen it's mostly people replying to other people so i don't see what the people i follow are posting i've been just seeing what they write to other people And so i've been on there i spend about 10 seconds on there and i'm like. I don't follow that person, but I see who, you know, someone is writing to them. And so I just get frustrated with not being able to see, you know, what I'm looking for. But I also don't have as curated of a feed as I do on Twitter. And so my feed on Twitter is like, this is exactly what I want. It's not just a flow of everyone who I followed because I liked pictures of their kid one time. You know what I mean? It's not my friends uh, for the most part.
1: So that feed is the biggest issue for me right now. Um, I, I'm on it. I'm trying to treat it very similar to Twitter in that, you know, if I post a, some shit to promote that nerd dad on one, I go on the other, I do a very similar post on the other. I don't know where it's going. I don't know who's <laughs> seeing it. Because the only thing in my timeline is a series of blue check marks, most of which I've never heard of. And I'm like, right, okay. So it, there's nothing for me to there's no retention value yet for me. Like I'm not, yeah. I, I I'm not gonna doom scroll all day through my feed because I don't know half the people I'm seeing. Exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you're, right you're
0: seeing people write to them, but you don't yeah. know who who these people are in the first place. And so it really uh, you know, it's early days. <clears throat> you have to give them props, a hundred million people signed up in the in the short while. That said, you know, that's uh, you know, a 10% uptake because they have to download an app. Uh, You know, it's a brand new download. It's a brand new feature. And then they uh, obviously, you know, they kind of block it where if you delete, if you want to delete your threads account, it actually also deletes your Instagram account. Mm, That's a good catch. But I suspect that they're going to roll it into Instagram as just a feature at the top, or maybe just bring it into the Instagram feed eventually.
1: I I kind of think that that's going to happen. I don't, I, I hate that idea. I just, you know, my, my problem with Facebook is, um, first off, I think it's too heavy on ads. I think there's way too many ads on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I Most of the shit that I'm seeing is like promoted posts. I don't, And then same thing with Instagram. I don't, I'm looking at pictures. Okay. If I want, the reason why I go to Twitter is I'm looking for the social engagement the back and forth whether good bad toxic uh, it's that's what I want is the back and forth threads has some growing up to do but I'm with you hundred million and then the fact that Zuckerberg has made it oh well if you want to get rid of this you gotta piss off your Instagram too so there's gonna be a lot of people just sitting there with inactive accounts very mm-hmm. shortly
0: yeah, I think the long term engagement will be interesting. I saw someone tweet out today that they suspect threads would be dead within a year. Um, you know, it's been a weekend, so i I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. Um, but you know, you can't do hashtags. You can't do like in trading, we have cash tags, which is like a number symbol and then like a stock ticker. and then you can kind of search out what people are talking about based on that stock ticker. Can't do any of that. And so for me, my daily, it's just honestly an extra thing. It kind of reminds me of Snapchat. Oh, right. I forgot. I have this app. Maybe I should go on. But then you realize you go on and ah, there's nothing really here for me. Okay. I'll close it again and forget about it for another three to four weeks, you know, something like that. So that's kind of how I think it'll go for me personally, but I'm addicted to Twitter. Like I'm on Twitter all day long. Uh, I love it. I think the breaking news is amazing. You know, when, um, um, the russian kind of coup was happening recently Mm -hmm. you know i was listening to people on twitter talk about the breaking news you know this guy named uh mario in the fall or something like that you know he had like a hundred thousand people in and out for a whole weekend i was just locked into that because it was better than the coverage that i was getting anywhere else i don't have cable or anything like cable news uh but in terms of youtube like you know, they were reporting about things as they're happening as opposed to, yeah, yeah, you'll find out this, you know, three or four hours later when some news station does a report about it. So, you know, I find that the, the breaking news aspect of Twitter and the real-time aspect of Twitter and, and the fact that I'm already there, uh, that works for me. And I kind of like the news. Like, I like the news aspect of it. But, uh, where, so-, so what am I going on threads for if... You know, if they're not going to be better than Twitter, if it's not better than the experience that I have now, then I'm probably not
1: going to use it that much. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that one. Cause I know, I, I know you're, you're an Elon guy, right? And I think a lot of the people who have jumped over to threads are not Elon guy. They're so anti fucking Elon that they're not seeing the product and they're going to threads when I wrote an article about this for Cryer media, I was like, I don't think it's going to be the knockout blow because as much as people dislike Elon, I kind of feel like Mike Mark Zuckerberg is a close second. So <laughs> I was going right, to say, okay, Zuckerberg, you're, you know, you're cheering, our on, information.
0: you're cheering on Zuckerberg. Really? The guy who has every bit of information on you and has information on you that you don't even know. And you're cheering for him.
1: Please. Because people view him as the good guy compared oh, to Elon. So yikes. It is is a lot of the momentum strictly anti-elon hate like if elon stepped away do you think people would just automatically come back i don't know i I mean elon is so good at twitter that's the
0: problem you know like love him or hate him he's good at it he's good at the app and i think that's one of the reasons he bought it is because he's just he's hilarious he's trolling you know and and he does that when you know you don't see ceos of other uh, platforms and major companies doing what he's doing. And so it's always interesting. It's always compelling. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and geez, Mark Zuckerberg, watch the social network. Again, if you are thinking that Mark Zuckerberg is a good guy, because all he does is steal everyone else's idea. You know, he didn't invent Instagram. He just bought it. They didn't invent Facebook. They stole it from the Winklevoss twins. And here he is not inventing Twitter with his new app called Threads. And so he has this uncanny ability to see something that's successful and then steal that idea. I mean, TikTok, he saw TikTok. Oh, I know, we'll put Reels into Instagram. We're just gonna implement that idea into our app. He's not someone who comes up with ideas. And I'm not saying Elon invented Twitter, cause he certainly didn't. You know, Jack Dorsey and all of them, they did it, they invented it. I'm just saying that I believe his use, he perfected his use of that platform. And, uh, and, and so that's what makes it interesting for me to follow him. I don't subscribe to him. Like I don't pay for the, his subscription or anything like that. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but I do play, pay for the check mark. Cause I'm like, I like the app. The app is good. And so it works for me, but I understand what you're saying. There's a lot of people who are kind of turned off by Elon and and they don't like his, his whatever, you know, the way he is, the way he talks, the fact that he has 10 kids, uh, you know, maybe that he's a billionaire and 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 whatnot. So, you know, I get that you're not going to like everybody. I'm just saying
1: I think it has more to do with the uh race baiting, race uh, dog whistling. I think. <laughs> I think it has a lot more to do with that. I'm not seen, saying he is because I don't know for a fact,
0: right? But like, I honestly haven't seen him do that, I haven't seen him do racist stuff i haven't seen him say anything right at at least personally i haven't seen that um you know but i think that there is this cloud of you know maybe it's a perception of of that right wing perspective but you know it's easy to say oh well he's right wing yo he he voted for joe biden he openly voted for joe biden so how can you say oh he's a trumper he just wants trump no he voted for joe biden he said that You know, and so it's interesting to me that the narrative that can come around with what people think and then what actually happened, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. He's not a perfect person. I was saying this to my wife yesterday as she and I were talking about it and I showed, I showed her his Twitter feed and I said, look, people don't like Elon. Here's what he's tweeting. What do you think? And she wrote back, she's like, or she was, you know, gave my phone back. She's like, okay, he's tweeting about SpaceX. He's tweeting about Tesla. He's, you know, saying this, saying that. I don't see anything that's overly offensive here. And I said, you see, that's it. I don't either. But there's some people who like, it doesn't matter what he does. They hate it. And like, I know some people, some friends, you and I have common friends. And they're they're cheering on Zuckerberg. Like, yeah, in your face, Elon, 50 million signups to Threads. I'm like, yeah, cool. I signed up too, but it doesn't mean I'm going to use the app more. You know, I'll still go back to Twitter.
1: I'm with you in terms of look, I pay for the blue check mark. That was a decision I made very recently. I think I got it last week, maybe 2 weeks ago. Hey, congrats. Um, as a as a small business owner, um I see value in the fact that I can be seen more and I will have a better reach by paying 160 for the year, whatever it is. Um, you know, $10 in marketing a month. It feels like a pretty minimal investment in my business, (laughs) which is why I did it. Um, But at the same time, I looked at threads to do the same blue checkmark. It's more expensive. And yeah, it's tied to Instagram and Facebook. But that's not where my audience is. My my, my audience is not a bunch of mom sharing memes. My Mm -hmm. audience is people who are engaged in the conversation, which right now is playing out on Twitter mainly, and maybe a little bit Kroger fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to ask you about something that has bothered me. Um, honestly, from the onset when it was even rumored that Elon may purchase Twitter, the ability for a person like Elon or Zuckerberg now to influence the market to their benefit with a tweet or a thread, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, And I don't know enough about the market to understand, are there rules against that? Because if like, if Elon tweets out 10 minutes from now, Walmart sucks, just, just, that's all he tweets. Walmart (laughs) sucks. Is that going to have an impact on Walmart's stock? And should he have that much power or say over the market?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a real balance between freedom of speech And benefiting from something that he puts out there on Twitter. So there was a court case that actually got settled, I believe, in his favor, where he tweeted out about Tesla having uh, some funding. So the tweet was, uh, Tesla, considering going private, 420 funding secured, something like that. And the, the argument was, well, he's uh, he's manipulating the stock price or something like that. Maybe he was, uh, but he claims that he had a private investor that was looking to buy out the company at $420 a share. This is post before it's split and then split again. Um, and so, you know, that's uh, something that he's claiming. He claims to have proof on that. There's other people that say, well, you know, he's just manipulating the stock because he hates the SEC. And so as long as he's not benefiting from uh you know benefiting from it like he's not shorting walmart and then coming out to say walmart sucks um you know then there's probably not a case that said there are actual funds that do that they put together their research about a company that they don't like and then they come out and say you know what we are bearish on walmart for this 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 reasons here's our research and you know the market reacts and typically it can react negatively and we saw people like Carl Icahn, who's this legendary investor lose billions of dollars because uh, you know an activist short seller came out saying here's the problems we see with your business and now you know I can't bring I can't share my screen here but the, you know the chart of Carl Icon Enterprises has gone all the way down so th- that's an instance where they are trying to benefit from what they call is their research. So I think if you have backed up research, I don't know the rules, I'm not a lawyer, but if you have backed up research to say, look, you know, we've taken a short position against this stock because we believe it's false or, you know, we believe it's a scam or, or here's all our reasons and the stock goes down, you know, that's, again, they're they're just sharing their opinion and the market is reacting to it.
1: So if I'm understanding you correctly, if for whatever reason he tweets out something to that effect and it's tied to his benefit in some way, that could become kind of a regulatory issue otherwise yeah,
0: typically I think if you are like a major shareholder of that company, you know what right. I mean? like if you're if he's the CEO of Tesla and he's tweeting out how great earnings are going to be or that they have a buyout or something like this and leaks out too much private information that isn't public to the market, and he benefits from that, there could be some regulatory okay. uh, crackdown that comes. But uh, he, like I said, that happened. He tweeted out 420 funding secured, <laughs> claiming that he had reason to do that. Although you know, he also said that it was just because he learned what 420 meant. He thought it was funny. Um, let that <laughs> sink in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, there are instances where that has happened, but he recently, you know, uh, settled a court case or came out innocent, basically saying he had just cause to do that.
1: Okay. Speaking of innocent, you have been, uh, a victim yourself recently. Some identity theft.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot. (laughs) I forgot. I was like, I was a victim. What is he talking about? Sort of.
1: Yeah. So, um, all of a sudden you started noticing a uh, scott trades with i think an extra underscore associated with their name
0: right making the rounds yeah
1: uh they have basically mirrored your profile mm-hmm. so does that make you feel good because you're a bigwig. you're like people oh, hey, i'm so big I mean... <laughs> people want to be me and try to steal money from my family and friends
0: <laughs> it's obviously because i'm super popular and famous now obviously um no, I mean, this, this show, is what I happens this is one of the reasons that i do pay for twitter it's the reason that i pay for that blue check mark because people in my industry in financial twitter and that kind of thing you know we have people copying our accounts and then uh, contacting people we follow as us and then trying to get money from them and this is not the first time it's not the. i believe there were two or three recently that kind of copied my account but before i was verified there was a bunch Uh, that copied my account as well and so we've had fake fake me fake dan fitzpatrick uh fake uh you know fake people who i know who are in financial twitter and people just copy their accounts and then the idea is that they they contact our followers and try and get them to say hey you know i can trade for you why don't you send me a thousand dollars to this address and then i'll i'll pay you back and then because oh this is scott from the internet sure (laughs) you know and I mean that Elon has had the same thing where he has fake Elon accounts come up. People will you know, say, Hey, if you send me one Bitcoin, I'll send you two back. And they go, Oh my God, Elon Musk. Of course I'll do it. And Joe, people have actually done that. Uh, I've had someone message me saying, Oh, well, you know, I've only lost or I sent someone two Ethereum tokens because they said they're going to give me five back. What should I do? And I have to say, Hmm. Hate to tell you, uh, those those tokens are gone. You have been scammed. Yeah. You know
1: that kind of change thing. all and... your passwords.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> I mean they do. did it voluntarily, and it's just like you know sometimes like I've had some NFTs of mine stolen uh, because I clicked a link by accident. I clicked a link that came from a a legit account not knowing that the account was hacked i thought that they were releasing something new and i was like oh i have one of theirs i should get this new one too and then i clicked it and it uh, you know took about uh, 3000 dollars worth of uh, nfts out of my wallet so it happens you know and i've learned from that experience because i'm someone who always says don't click anything only idiots click anything and you know here i am at uh, a saturday night running downstairs oh man he's coming out with a new one my other one is great i want the second version you know, and so it can happen to anyone. And so my rule to, to anyone who is uh, on Twitter or, or any sort of platform is uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Don't send money to anyone, even if you think you know them. And, uh, <laughs> and definitely don't click any
1: links. The NFTs. I'm going to ask you a dumb question. Sure. Because I love dumb questions because I feel like a lot of people are dumb like me. Um, I don't think you're dumb, Joe, but okay. <laughs> don't do that. Don't be that guy. Let me be self-deprecating um so what is the difference between your nft mm-hmm. and my using the snipping tool to take that same image and save it as save as, as a jpeg what's the difference
0: mine's verified on the blockchain Yours isn't. And so that means that mine comes with ownership rights. I can use uh, an NFT that I have. Uh, You know, I own all the rights to it. So, for instance, on my podcast, the Hot Wallet podcast, there's music that's in there. And the song is actually a Snoop Dogg song. And normally you wouldn't be able to use a Snoop Dogg song because there are licensing rights. But I own the NFT and I own the NFT of the song. And that song gives me rights to do whatever i want with it and so i can use it as the theme song for my podcast and so that's an example where you know it's not a picture but it's an nft of a, an item something digital and then i can use those rights and so with a, with a picture same thing you know we've had uh seen people who bought one of the board ape yacht club Ah, uh, apes. You know, these are these were mm-hmm. big NFTs. Justin Bieber bought one for one point five million dollars, and there's news out now that that has dropped in price to about sixty thousand dollars. So he's down big. But what some people have done is taken these NFTs and then created a brand around them. And so, hey, if I want a character for a brand, you know, why not use this? NFT as a character, and I have all the rights to it, and I can do whatever I want to it. I can put it on T-shirts. I can say, you know, I can have a, a store, you know, I can, you know, whatever the NFT is. So it's uh like I have an NFT. It's a uh, called a Nakamigo, and it's just like an eight-bit kind of picture of a crypto trader, and it's fun and whatever. And so I can take that Nakamigo and, and turn it into, I can name him and, and, you know, create a burger shop and he can be the logo for it. And I have the rights to that picture, even though someone else created it. So there are ownership rights that come with NFTs. And then, you know, if you uh, listen to my latest podcast about NFTs, what you'll find is there are other opportunities with things that are verifiable on the blockchain. Like concert tickets. So right now with concert tickets, Joe, as you know, you go through Ticketmaster, right? And then, you know, if you can't get them on Ticketmaster, then you got to buy them through StubHub or some sort of reseller, which is still Ticketmaster. Still Ticketmaster. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and the price is jacked up by whatever. And so what, you know, what the future I believe has for concert tickets specifically is, you know, a concert ticket can be or could be an NFT on the blockchain. So let's say Taylor Swift, for example, because we all love Tay Tay. So Taylor Swift, uh, you know, she's not coming to Canada, but let's say she was and I got a ticket and I, uh, you know, the ticket was an NFT. Well, then I could sell that on the marketplace. And then guess what? Ticketmaster doesn't get the money I do. You know, so if Tay, -Tay, you know, or, or even a small percentage, maybe they get a small percentage, but it's me that gets to dictate what that market price is, not StubHub or some third party company that takes 40% of the price anyway. So, you know, there's ownership rights that come with NFTs. And so that's the difference between taking a screenshot of a JPEG and actually owning it and saying, look, this is verifiable. And then you can expand that out and say, wow. You know, maybe every collectible has the potential to be an NFT on a blockchain to verify that it's real and that this is the one, you know. And so, like, you think of all the fakes, fake anything out there, fake sports cards, fake, you know, whatever. You could verify that number, that existence of something saying that it's real. And instead of having to have a third party company verify it every time. Every time it changes hands, oh, I got to make sure it's real before I sell it, and then I got to pay these people. Just have that item verified once, and then put on the blockchain, and then you know, okay, this is the thing. Here's the serial number. There's the picture of it. I can verify this is real uh, because uh, you know it's verified uh, not only in real life but also on the blockchain. And then when I transfer ownership to you, you get that uh, you know that that knowing of okay, yes, this is a real thing, and I know and I can prove it. So verifiable uh proof is is just one of many use cases of nfts and uh you know and we're still really in early days here
1: i have to go back to the fact that you have an nft of a snoop dogg song yes sir (laughs) i do i do yeah it's awesome and it's a great song what do you mind saying the song what song
0: uh well it's it's not a radio song it didn't release as a radio song but it's called um oh geez you know what i'm blanking right now okay uh listen to my podcast <laughs> listen to this listen to the podcast you'll you find song. out
1: listen to my show
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know what i'll send it to you after you can put it on the screen i, I don't remember at this moment that's fine uh, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so he released a whole bunch of songs and beats and everything as nfts and then sold them and so I ended When up you paying, put that shit up on YouTube,
1: you don't have any trouble with copyright infringement,
0: copyright ownership? I do, actually. I get notified. Oh, so-and-so says this is a copyright. And then guess what? I just send them. I, I have a little pre-written thing. This is an NFT of a song that I purchased. Here's my proof of ownership. Thank you very much. And they drop the case.
1: Do, does it happen
0: every time you post? Every time I upload a video <laughs> to YouTube. Yeah, it's really <laughs> annoying. And I even in one of them, in one of them, Joe, I said, I have over 20 videos with this song on this. You know, why do I keep having to submit this to you? This is a giant waste of both of our times, yeah. you know, but uh, it's just because it comes up in the algorithm, right? Yeah, so I was going to say algorithm the algorithm must it play it
1: every time. You should and, put and it like, I, in the description of your thing. I have you know, full ownership here. <laughs> if you put the proof, someone's going to steal that shit. Uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So uh, I can find that song for you, by the way, if you want me to find it. Uh, and then tell you the name um but yeah so he did like a whole a whole i want to say an album but uh it was more like a whole bunch of beats that he did um and then sorry just let me find it here you can edit this part out right
1: i mean i might i might not
0: (laughs) okay there it is it's a half steppin it's called half steppin and um yeah, it's part of Death Row NFT. So Death Row NFTs, they did. Uh, you can buy the song right now, and it's six hundred and seventeen
1: dollars U.S. If you want to buy it, um, and so you know, uh, it's six hundred and seventeen dollars right now. So multiple people can own the same song.
0: Yep. And they can do whatever they want with it. So he's sold hundreds of these songs. And you think about it like, okay, what's the difference between releasing a song as an NFT and releasing it as a song? Well, he makes way more money. So let's say there's, you know, I'm just looking here, uh, there's 166 owners of this song. Uh, you know, let's look, bring up the calculator here. So, and let's say everyone paid uh, $600. So just this song, he's made $100,000 just in releasing the song as an NFT. And you
1: get a dope-ass intro.
0: And I got a great intro for my podcast, <laughs> yeah. its I mean, it's something that I, I uh, have been, yeah, I don't tell too many people about it. Like, I don't make a podcast saying, hey, just so you know, my song's an NFT. But, uh, you know, I do have people at one point in the comments going, I don't like your theme music. It's too hip-hoppy. And I said, well, that's fine. It's a Snoop Dogg NFT. Peace, you know, and and then once they find that out, they're like, "Oh wow, that's kind of cool, actually." So yeah, Death Row Records they did a whole bunch of NFTs. Uh, they have a what's called a, a Death Row mixtape, and it's not all songs. Some of them are just beats that you can use. So if you're a musician and you're like, "Wow, I really want this cool beat," and I want to say that you know Snoop Dogg made this beat, then you can just buy the NFT and then put that in your song, or you know, or or in your podcast or in your TV show, whatever you want. And so there's a whole new market for artists in this, in this space that wasn't there before. And again, that's just one of many aspects of NFTs that people don't really understand. It's just about ownership. And if you're an artist who, you know, makes no money releasing your songs on Spotify, you know, consider putting your songs out, putting your beats out as NFTs, and then people can pay a higher price for them. But every time that NFT gets transferred from me to Joe to someone else, you get a cut. And that's what doesn't happen right now with music. You know, with with you old, back in the olden days, I buy a CD. I, you know, sell it to Joe for five bucks. You know, Snoop Dogg doesn't get that money because we transferred ownership, but with NFTs, he does. So he gets a cut of not only the big sale, but every sale afterwards. And that's not just with music. That's with artwork, with concert tickets, with anything. And so, you know, think about Taylor Swift tickets. Let's say she releases tickets for a hundred dollars. You know, of course they're, they're not going to be that low. You really release it for a hundred dollars. The more the price bids up on those tickets, every time she would take a 10% cut, 10% cut, 10% cut. And so that one ticket could exchange hands 20 times and she's made money every time. So the, the financial uh, potential of NFTs, again, we're not even start. This isn't even happening yet. This, this is just the, the potential. Yeah. This is just the potential. And so when people laugh, I mean, you, you see Cryer Media talking about their NFTs of what, uh, you know, they're going to do with Clancy World. You know, they, they wanna be able to own the, own the moment. And that's what I think is very cool is not only do you have chances to do this with, you know, digital art like photos and, uh, and, and, you know, JPEGs or pictures that people create, but you can do it with music. You can do it with concert tickets. You can do it with sports teams. Imagine like, instead of, hey, what's that one great moment from Connor McDavid that he scored that goal where he went around all the guys. You can own that moment. And that's one of the beauties of NFTs. It's like, you can you can own it, and then the more it becomes valuable, then you can sell it to someone else and make money off of it, you know? And, and so, again, the laws around securities and stuff like that, they still need to be worked out. But that's the potential of this technology. And Joe, I think we're
1: just getting started. He is at Scott Trades. He is smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Thanks for coming on and doing this, my friend. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, anytime, my man, I love it. I love your show and I really appreciate all the hard work you're doing for Cryer Media. I think it's great.
1: Too kind. I'll hit end recording. Scott trades, everybody. Scott McGregor, AKA Scott trades hot wallet podcast. Uh, genuinely one of my favorite people on this planet that I have never met. And I don't know if I will, cause he's out, uh, he's out west. I can't, I can't envision a world where our paths to start to cross where I can actually sit down and have a meal and a beer with the gentleman. But Scott, if you're still listening, I would like to. <laughs> um. So thanks to him. Thanks to Cryer Media. Thanks to uh, Dean Blundell. Thanks to you for watching, sharing, and telling a friend and telling an enemy. And uh, be well, be safe. And- thanks for listening. Damn.